This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights. I've lost track of what week it is, but I do know that the Big Ten is back, baby. The Big Ten's a little bit like the, the kid who takes his ball and, and runs away because he's not getting his way and then and then sees out the window all the other kids having fun and goes, wait, I want to play still. But they're back, and it's uh, it's going to be fun. Feels like we're getting all back to normal. Just waiting on the Big – they're Pac-12, rather, and uh, we'll have all the uh, power fi- – or the Big Five conferences going. Uh, power Five, sorry. Lose my words here tonight, people. Uh, we'll have all the Power Five conferences going, uh, but not that the – Pac-12 is really that relevant, but one of these players in the Big Ten just might be knocking on the door for a national championship and a Heisman contender. If you did not listen to our Big Ten preview, you can see who I'm talking about. It was posted yesterday, and we break down all of the Big Ten action, but we're going to open it up to across all of the FBS. We're going to talk about the top 10 games, at least according to us, in the nation and make our picks against the spread. Then we'll wrap it up with Pierce's easy peasies, and we each have one bold prediction. Before we get going, though, I need to introduce my co-host. I am Madison, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? Fantastic. Uh, couldn't be better, obviously, coming off of uh, a tough day on uh, Wednesday work-wise, and uh, you know, now I can kind of... Uh, Look towards the weekend, so to speak. Um, so excited. Uh, the juices are starting to flow. Even though Georgia isn't playing this week, uh, my alma mater, TCU, is playing. So that'll be fun to see their game against Oklahoma and not have to stress over watching the Bulldogs play whoever they were going to play. I think it was going to be Kentucky. And coming Kentucky off their win against Tennessee, spot. that would have been a little bit sketchy. So, you know, well, who knows? Us, Things might have worked out. Against a Bama situation. So, you know, potentially a letdown there. Uh, from both parties, so. but yeah, and but but I'm really excited to watch the Big Ten this uh, this weekend. I know that's majority are are cupcake games. Uh, that being said, I, I think this team or this conference is, I think they're going to vie for the number one spot, if not finish there. I, I really do. Um, so that being said, I'm excited to see uh, another conference coming to the fold. Yeah, well, we'll see if your overreaction from last week comes true, which is that the SEC is not the best conference, and that is it is, in fact, the Big Ten. Prepare your hearts, people, because we have seen teams be a little sloppy with their first games back uh, and, and it just being a weird season. Now, these teams have had more time to prepare than some of those conferences that jumped back in in September or early October. Um, that being said, you know, hey, like I said, First game back. That's there's a reason you schedule cupcakes for your first uh, game to open the season, and uh, they, there's a couple a couple teams that have cupcakes. Looking at you, Ohio State, uh, and potentially Penn State, but uh, a couple of uh, closer games than you might imagine. So prepare your hearts for some uh, shakeups. But that's good because that's what we watch the games for. Super excited about it. Uh, and I say we just jump right in, Pierce. The team that everybody is getting ready to watch and see what they're able to do, see if they're able to wreak havoc on the college football landscape today, and by far the favorite to win the Big Ten, are hosting the Nebraska Cornhuskers. The Ohio State Buckeyes sitting at number five in the nation, and they are favored at home by 26 points. That game is at 11 o'clock Central Time on Fox. Last year, Pierce, Ohio State won the game 48-7. to Now, Nebraska was able to run a good bit on Ohio State, and they'll be able to do that again. They were among the best in the Big Ten with over 200 yards per game. 
but they're going to have to defensively be able to stop one of the top quarterbacks in the nation and the ex- probably one of the most ex- explosive offenses in the nation. Again, we'll have to see once it gets on the field. Uh, on the flip side, Ohio State is looking to make a statement in a shortened season, and they are chomping at the bit to prove they belong and finally be able to show what they're worth this year. The, the interesting thing to me is both of these teams probably had the biggest say in getting the Big Ten back to playing. Uh, so I've, I've got a special place in my heart with both, for both of these teams uh, for the short term. I wouldn't be surprised, Pierce, if this seems more well-matched than people are anticipating to start the game, but I do think it gets ugly quick for the Huskers. Uh, I think Ohio State covers that spread, and they're they're, they're looking ready, uh, or they're getting ready to show the world that they belong in that playoff conversation and that Justin Fields belongs in the Heisman discussion. So I like the Ohio State Buckeyes in this one, minus the 26. Couldn't agree more. Um, I do expect this game, uh, Nebraska will come out, uh, you know, excited for the first uh, game of the season, much anticipated. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised to see them run the ball like you mentioned early. Um, but this is one of those games where it's just Nebraska still a year or two away. Uh, Scott Frost is still working on this team, getting the players that he needs to run his system. Still will have an okay team. They, they will win a couple games here in the Big Ten. But I think this is a game where how can you not go against, uh, obviously, a national championship contender, one of the top three talented teams in the country. They have a slew of NFL talent on that roster, as well as uh, what I think will be the uh, could be one of the Heisman front runners this year. I don't think unless uh, barring injury, I think he's a, a shoe in. So I, I love Ohio state here. Yeah. You get a little worried that this is the first game of the season. Some sloppy play could happen. I think that could happen in the first quarter, but Ohio state has been practicing all, all these uh, teams have been practicing through this pandemic. So I expect this to be more like a true regular season, first game of the season type of uh, feel for those clubs. And I like Ohio state, the number 23 North Carolina state wolf pack, just going a little bit down the road to Chapel Hill to take on the number 14 North Carolina Tar Heels. That line is North Carolina giving 14 and a half points at home. And that game is at 11 o'clock central time on ESPN. Pierce, the Tar Heels were semi sort of exposed last week in Tallahassee. And they're going to be looking to bounce back this week. Now, if you believe in the transitive property in sports, then you might like NC State. Only common opponent for these two is Virginia Tech, but NC State won by 21 as opposed to the 11 that the Tar Heels won by. North Carolina State's quarterback Devin Leary did break his leg last week, so their offense is going to take a relatively big hit. And defensively, the Wolfpack allowed over 10 yards a pass to Virginia Tech, so Sam Howell is going to have a field day and I don't think the Wolfpack attack can keep up without their leader, so I'm going to take North Carolina in a bounce-back spot, minus the 14-and-a-half. Man, I was so ready for you to pick NC State, and I was so happy. because Why? I, what, if any of my analysis would point towards NC State. Well, I know, I know, but NC State, you can argue, has been the better team thus far. Uh, and, and getting this many points in what is a rivalry game, I don't care you know, if one side's more lopsided than the other in the season t- series, but or in the uh, you know series as a, as a whole for as long as they've been playing. That being said, I think this uh, this number is very telling. It's actually gone in UNC's f- favor. A little bit of uh, watching the lines here, and and majority of the money right now is on NC State. That means uh, some some whale better, some sharp betters came in, some smarts so, or some sharps came in and and you know took UNC early. Um, I like NC State. I wouldn't be surprised to see them. This is a toss-up game to me. I wouldn't be surprised to see NC State, you know, really compete and have a chance to win. But the fact that Devin Leary's out, UNC's going to have uh, 
they're going to see blood in the water in a, in a way. They're, they're pissed off. I think they'll be highly motivated. I don't think they'll have a uh, repeat performance from the game against FSU. I think this is going to be close. Wouldn't be surprised to see this game finish at 14 um, or a couple points away. But I'll go with my gut and say UNC uh, covers this and wins by 17. The Auburn Tigers are going to the Ole Miss Rebels to take on Lane the Lane Train. The Lane Train and the Ole Miss Rebels will be getting three points on that game, and that game is at 11 o'clock Central Time on the SEC Network. Now, Auburn's off to a bit of a disappointing start. Bo Nix was supposed to be a star in his second year for Auburn, but he is completing just 55% of his passes, and he threw three picks last week against South Carolina. If there's any team, though, that they can score points on, it's this abysmal Ole Miss defense, and that's putting it lightly. They are second worst in the nation that is the nation, not the SEC. I thought this was supposed to be a defensive conference. Uh, and they are giving up 580 yards and 47 points a game. Keep in mind, the Rebels so far have played offensive firepowers such as Florida, who has Kyle Trask at quarterback, and Alabama, who has Mac Jones. Those are two of the top quarterbacks in the SEC, if not the nation. And the Rebels are playing breakneck speed at offense. So Auburn's going to have its work cut out for them. If Ole Miss can make this a shootout, and I do think they potentially could make this a shootout, I don't think Auburn keeps up. They're going to want to run the ball with Tank Bigsby and control possession, and if this turns into a shootout, they're going to be forced to throw, much like we saw Stetson Bennett have to take over the game with Georgia last week versus Alabama, and I don't think Bo Nix is good enough to get it done. So I like Ole Miss plus the points at home. This is another one that's a, a toss-up to me. Um, I'm going to go with the uh, the saying, hungry dog runs faster. Um, I think Auburn knows that their back's against the wall. I, I, the key is going to be, can Bo Nix just not throw or make mistakes and not throw interceptions? Can he keep that at a minimum? I think Ole Miss is going to come into this game deflated. You're right, it could turn into the shootout, and that scares me. Um, I do think Ole Miss will get their points, but I think they're going to come into this game very deflated, having lost to a team in Arkansas that they feel like they were just as talented as and, and could have beaten had they limited some mistakes. Uh, they threw six picks, for goodness sakes. So I like Auburn here. I think Gus Malzahn and company feel the pressure, obviously. Um, it's apparent. They're going to come out and, and, and have a uh, simple game plan. They're going to run the football with Tank Bigsby uh, more so than usual. Thank goodness for them. Limit Bo Nix's passing uh, attempts. Think uh, Auburn Auburn pulls this one out by the hair of their chin. All right, Pierce. This next game, you are probably chomping at the bit to talk about. The Oklahoma Sooners are heading into Fort Worth to take on the TCU Horn Frogs. The Horn Frogs are home dogs, getting six and a half points on that game, and that game is at eleven o'clock Central Time on ABC. Granted, the Big Twelve basically, I guess, decided just to take a week off. There wasn't, uh, I think, there was one game. It was Kansas and West Virginia last week. Uh, Baylor was supposed to be playing it as well, but they've had some a slew of Corona issues. So they have both these teams have had a bye week heading into this. But Oklahoma, I think they potentially stood still could be coming off an emotional letdown after they beat biggest rival Texas in four overtimes two weeks ago. Uh, this year has been disappointing for the Sooners. They started at number five in the polls. They are now unranked, and they're sitting at two and two on the season, and and for all intents and purposes are no longer in the discussion for the playoffs, barring some kind of implosion uh, with some of the top dogs. TCU, on the other hand, is looking for their first home win of the season. They have been playing their opponents close in their losses, 
but they also are struggling to get things going. Uh, they usually have a pretty good defense with Gary Patterson, and they're going to need to be pretty good to pressure a young and mistake-prone Spencer Rattler, but they're giving up so many points a game, and their offense could struggle to keep up against the number 19th offense in the nation if this does turn into a bit of a shootout. So I am going to take the Sooners. I think that they're uh, just... I just I don't know if I trust this TCU team, Pierce. Um, and, and and though they do have... if Again, if you apply the transitive property, they beat Texas in a better spot. I just think that Oklahoma is starting to get things clicking, and, and their offense... For all, for, even though they, their record is poor, their offense has been pretty good. So TCU is going to try to keep it close, but I do think Oklahoma wins this game by closer to like 10 points. It's an interesting game. Um, it, it always is. It always seems to play out that way. But when you look at the who these two teams have played, they've played the same opponents to date. Literally the same opponents. Um, I'm not going to read too much into that, but here is what here here is what I'm thinking. And I... I you know, I was up in the air about what would happen against Iowa State on TCU side because, you know, just didn't know with Max Duggan being out if uh, how they would fare. Obviously, they lost a, a tough one there. Rebounded by Texas. Love TCU, if you recall that, um, in that game, especially. I liked the money line. Uh, and then I had Kansas State last week, and I said put them money line as well. I said all that to say this. I feel like I've got a good pulse on this team, and I freaking love love TCU in this spot. I love them for this simple fact. They've got playmakers on the back end. I think Spencer Rattler forces things far too often. He's going to throw a few picks to that back end. And I, I, I'm going to go on a, a, I'm going to throw something out there. I think there'll be one, at least one return for a touchdown. And I think Duggan's not going to have any issue driving the ball down the field on this porous Oklahoma defense. I mean, you look at the two teams that are the team that really gave Duggan fits, and that was Kansas State. Well, what did I tell you? Kansas State likes to control the clock, play you know ball control, ball possession type of, of uh, game, and they they play as a result pretty sound defense. Even though they don't have the superstars that you'd think uh, would you know translate into a top defense, they just play a, a unique style and they like to play those low scoring games. Um, and TCU tends to get in those mixes with them. They're okay playing that too, and that's not how TCU uh, excels, in my opinion. So I like TCU here, and I, I I would sprinkle a little bit on the money line. Ooh, a home dog situation for Pierce there. Uh, I think that might be – is that our first pick that's differing? I think no, so. No, you had Ole Miss, uh, and oh, I had Auburn. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm smarter than you, so we'll see how those go. You are kicking my ass. I know. The number three, Notre Dame Fighting Irish traveling to take on the Pittsburgh Panthers – Pitt at home will be getting 10.5 points. That game is at 2.30 Central Time on ABC. Now, Pitt is trying to stop a three-game skid against an Irish team that squeaked by Louisville in a clunker last weekend. The thing that scares me for Pitt is their starting quarterback, Kenny Pickett, hurt himself, and I don't know if he'll be back for a team that loves to throw the ball. Now, I don't think Notre Dame is number three in the nation good, Pierce, but I think that they're decent enough to win this game. The question is whether they cover that spread. And I just don't think even if Kenny Pickett is in this game, he did miss the game last week, I believe. Uh, he's going to be beat up at best. And I just don't think that Pitt is able to uh, move the ball against this Notre Dame team. Ian Book handles it. And I think that they uh, they finally start to kind of show flashes of this number three ranking. I'm not saying that they blow anybody out of the water, but I do think that they're able to cover this spread on the road against a Pitt team that is really struggling to find themselves. I agree. And I think I heard something uh, actually today uh, doing some research that 
a, a pit O lineman just decided to to quit the team or to transfer. Like, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. Um, and and you look at their level of competition that they've played this season. It's just they uh, they played some incredibly weak teams on the offensive line as well as defensive line. The line of scrimmage they just haven't had that tough game yet. If Notre Dame can just score. 24 to 28 points in this one, I think they win. I think they cover this spread. Um, I'm going to take Notre Dame here. I think hopefully book, I, I hopefully they realize uh, that they are really the, the short end of the stick, so to speak on this team and that they, uh, they, that gives them some extra motivation if they didn't have it already. And they, they figure some things out. I think they'll be able to move the ball a little bit on this team. Um, and I just think their defense is at a, is playing at a high level and has some dudes on it. Notre Dame isn't the team that I thought they were going into the season, but they're good enough to win this spot. I got Notre Dame minus 10.5. The number 17 Iowa State Cyclones heading into Stillwater to take on the number 6 Oklahoma State Cowboys. Oklahoma State favorites at home, giving 3.5 points on the game. That game is at 2.30 Central Time on Fox. Now, the Pokes may be undefeated, but Pierce, they ain't played nobody. Kansas, West Virginia, and Tulsa so far on the season, and they barely got by Tulsa, for what it's worth. That being said, I think that this is potentially a good spot for them to kind of get back on track. Now, I'm not going to give way to what my pick is yet. I still got some things to go through, but I'm just kind of teasing that. They haven't played a game. The Pokes haven't played a game since October 3rd due to COVID issues, so I think that there could be a bit of a hangover effect, uh, a bit of a almost starting over the good news is Spencer Sanders is back at quarter at quarterback for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. The bad news is Shane Illingworth played well, so who knows who will end up starting. You got a little bit of a quarterback uh, controversy situation. Uh, if you're Mike Gundy, I don't think it's really that big of a controversy, but you potentially could have that playing into your locker room. Chuba Hubbard looks fine so far, so uh, you know he's not living up to the hype surrounding his name, but he is getting it done. But Brock Purdy is finally rolling at Iowa State Pierce. And I think, despite the fact that their defense is really poor, I think that they potentially could could be able to give Oklahoma State a run for their money. But when I saw that they're averaging, giving up 363 and a half yards a game, and not even not knowing who Oklahoma State's quarterback is, even if there's a bit of a struggle, or Spencer Sanders looks to be a little bit iffy, you put the other guy in, Chuba Hubbard is able to run all day long. So I am going to take Oklahoma State. I love Iowa State. I always love to pick Iowa State, but I just think that uh, I just think that offensively, Oklahoma State has too much for Brock Purdy to put the the team on his back, which is really what the Cyclones need him to do. And I don't think he gets it done in Stillwater. Love it, love it, love it. This is a this is a tough game because I don't think the level of competition that Oklahoma State has played thus far is uh, very impressive, and they've str- they struggled against a, a lowly t- Tulsa team. Now you can look at the other side. Maybe uh, Iowa State's played better competition, but they also lost to Louisiana Lafayette the first game of the season. So do with that what you will. I, I believe Brock, 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 Brock Purdy uh, had his coming out party last year against this Pokes team. I like Iowa State in this one. I like, uh, I believe it's Brees Hall, Brees Hall um, at the running back spot. He's. I think he'll have a big game. Yes, this Oklahoma State team has surprisingly been great on defense. Uh, I think it's the offense, believe it or not, where they're going to struggle. I think Iowa State is going to figure this uh, figure this team out. Uh, play a little bit more cl- clock possession, as well as uh, Purdy will 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 be able to do some things through the air, and they'll need him to be uh, solid in that regard. 
but they'll be able to run the ball some too. So I like Iowa State in this one. It's going to be close. Um, it really could go either way here. This is a toss-up for me, but got to go with the team that I think is just slightly better and more consistent right now with the better quarterback, and that is the Iowa State Cyclones. Let's jump back to the Big Ten. The number eight Penn State Nittany Lions are heading down to Indiana, or to Indiana, to Bloomington, Indiana, to take on the Hoosiers. Indiana is getting six points on that game, and that game is at 2.30 Central Time on FS1. To me, Pierce, the most intriguing matchup is this Indiana pass game versus the Penn State secondary. 371 yards is what IU put up last year versus a unit that finished 13th in pass defense in the Big Ten. And they're not going to have Micah Parsons either, so that's a major blow to the Nittany Lions defense. I'd expect the Hoosiers to score, but can they keep up with Penn State, who's going to be firing on all cylinders offensively? They return a ton of talent, despite a couple key opt-outs. Quarterback Sean Clifford is back, and he has an O-line that should give him days to throw, which he will need since they are going to be a little bit thinner at running back than the anticipated Journey Brown opted out for Penn State. I think this one is closer than one might think, and I think Indiana covers. I do think Penn State wins, but I think it's more like by three points, not by six. Oh, I don't like that. That scares me. I thought this was going to be, this was going to be the pick of the week for me from a surprise standpoint. I, uh, you hit it. You you took uh, took the words right out of my mouth with mouth with Journey Brown being out. That's a huge loss for this Penn State team. I do like what uh, what they're doing, and they will be deep. They will. They are a deep football team. James Franklin has his team loaded uh, with talent. Ohio State talent, yeah, that's to be determined. I don't think just quite yet, but you know, good enough, better than I think he's had in the prior five years. So, or the past five years. So, you got to like Penn State here, but you know, losing Journey Brown's a massive loss, um, and and they lost their arguably the best defensive player in the in the country, in Micah Parsons. So. Those are major blows, and I think this Indiana team, go back and listen to our Big Big Ten preview uh, if you haven't already. I like both these teams. I really like Penn State, but I also really like Indiana. I think that Indiana is probably the sleeper team in this uh, in this conference. It's now or never for Indiana. Um, having reached uh, a bowl game last year, they're looking for uh, they're looking for more this year, and I, I think they get it. I, I like uh, Indiana. I think it's going to be a pretty close affair, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them pull off the upset. The South Carolina Gamecocks are going down to Death Valley to take on the LSU Tigers. LSU is a home favorite. Four and a half points is that spread. That game is at 6 o'clock Central Time on ESPN. Now, South Carolina finally got a quality win last week, Pierce, over Auburn. Their defense generated seven takeaways over the last three weeks, and they lead the SEC in third down stops. A bunch of things that I really like about South Carolina. They're going to want to control the time of possession, muck it up, and slow it down. And the LSU defense hasn't shown much this year. They have given up 494.7 yards and 32 points a game on average. And Miles Brennan, don't look now, Miles Brennan is banged up. And I don't think the Tigers are able to get it done. I think South Carolina really controls the tempo. LSU uh, defensively can't stop them at home. and, and, And they really haven't shown me anything that is a reason why they should be a favorite other than the fact that South Carolina is, is not regarded well, but I think that they're more talented. I am going to take South Carolina on the road as the underdog. Golly, this is another one. It's it's underdogs galore this week for me. I, I, I know you're in a similar boat. I, uh, I I agree with you here. I think without Miles Brennan, LSU is really going to struggle. Um, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, packing the – 
packing Tiger Stadium down there at Death Valley uh, a little bit more to try and give him a little bit more oomph. But I just, you know, Miles Brennan has been playing incredibly well this year, and, and he was arguably the, uh, from from a public perception, maybe not from inside the program, but he was, you know, the question mark. Could he could he excel? Could he be good enough to, to keep this team, uh, you know, in the top, top 10, top 15? He's done his part, um, and, and he does have some weapons on the outside, but this team just struggles to stop anybody on the defensive side of the ball. I think South Carolina has figured something out a little bit. I don't don't think they're very good. Don't get me wrong. They do have one really good player uh, in, in Kevin Harris. Love him. He is a stud. They're going to run the ball in this game. They're going to play. Uh, they're going to they're going to work the clock. It's going to be very much uh, you know trying to control that that, that time of possession and, and really that's where they're going to win. And I, I think they're able to do it here. Um, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see J.C. Horn come in and uh, have another pick this week. I, I, I like South Carolina here. This one scares me a little bit just from uh, – it, it it stinks to me in a way. It's like this is too obvious of a pick with Miles Brennan being out. That being said, I, I got to go with uh, with my gut here and take South Carolina plus the six and a half. The number 18 Michigan Wolverines are going to take on the number 21 Minnesota Golden Gophers. The Golden Gophers are home underdogs getting three and a half points on that game, which is at 630 Central Time on ABC. Now, Michigan is breaking in a new quarterback, Pierce, Joe Milton. Dylan McCaffrey took off uh, in the offseason. Joe Milton will be their quarterback. And I didn't really know who he was, but he's been getting some praise recently from teammates and coaches. That being said, don't have a heart attack if you're a Wolverine fan if they struggle to get things going original, or to, to start off the game on offense. Minnesota, on the other hand, offensively has a fantastic pairing of quarterback Tanner Morgan and wide receiver Rashad Bateman who is ranked as one of the best in the Big Ten. Michigan defensive backs are strong to be able to stop that kind of thing, but they're going to have to be strong enough to allow time for the offense to work out the kinks. They're going to have to be able to be a brick wall enough to stop Tanner Morgan through the air. Um, And with four new starting offensive linemen and a few new receivers, five of their top seven receivers, Pierce, from last year are gone at Michigan. I just think Minnesota has this mindset of being this gritty underdog with PJ Fleck and the row the boat mantra. And and I, I like I like them at home as a home dog. I really do. I think that Michigan comes in every year a little bit overrated and takes some time to get going. So I I'm I'm gonna take the Golden Gophers in this one for sure. Well, you 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 need to be worried because we are are locking we are step Uh-oh, for screwed. step with each other here and what we're thinking. I yeah, you should you should be nervous. That is um, nerve wracking. With how I've been picking this year, <laughs> regardless, uh, I, I gotta I gotta go with Minnesota here. Home dogs are, are are always scary, especially when you got someone as good as a Minis- as this Minnesota team. It will be interesting to see their uh, new offensive coordinators there after their uh, previous OC jumped over to Penn State, which I think is a great hire. Um, gonna gonna be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, they are. I've heard they're going to be a little bit more focused on the tight ends here. Um, Cause didn't you say Rashad Bateman? Is he out this year? I can't remember oh, if he opted out or not. I don't think so. Not that what I saw when I was doing okay. my prep for today. Okay. Well, regardless, I, I think I think he did opt back out, but he opted back, back in. in. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So, you know, they do have a player on the outside there. Um, you know, I, I just like Tanner Morgan in this spot a little bit more than I, I, I do, or actually a lot more than I do Michigan. I think Michigan. The, what scares me with Michigan is they're always going to have you know great talent. They're going to have the the players in there. 
It's just their lack of execution, and then they're starting. Uh, uh, I've heard hype around this new quarterback over at Michigan, but I, I just he wasn't going to be the starter coming in, and I, that's never a good sign for me. I, especially with a team that's really struggled to produce quarterbacks in the in the over the past seven eight years since Harbaugh got there. So I got to go Minnesota here. Uh, I, I believe we had him at plus three. Is that correct? Ooh, plus three and a half. Three and love a half, it yeah. even more. I, I love this game, Minnesota plus three and a half. Finally, the number nine Cincinnati Bearcats heading down to Dallas to take on the number 16 SMU Mustangs. SMU is a favorite at home, giving two and a half points on that game. That game is at 8 o'clock Central Time on ESPN2. It is the Bearcats' first road game of the season, Pierce, and they both of these teams are undefeated. But that being said, this is the Mustangs' toughest test so far. Both of the last times, two times, that these teams have met, they, the game went to overtime. The Bearcats' defense is only giving up 12 points on average a game, but Desmond Ritter has not, or has to be, sorry, has to not be as interception prone in order to help them out and control tempo. Uh, on the injury front, SMU did lose their top receiver, Reggie Roberson. I think I'm saying that right. Maybe it's Roberson. He is out for the year with a knee injury, so that's going to be a blow for them. And defense has been an issue. They, The Mustangs have been allowing 407 yards and 25.5 points per game on average. That being said, I just think the Mustangs have too much firepower, both through the air and on the ground. Ulysses Bentley the fourth, Get to know him. You're going to hear his name a lot on Saturday night. I'm taking the Mustangs uh, as the favorites at home. Boy, I, I was really hoping you'd go Cincinnati here because I wanted to. I know I, I sensed that you would you'd go that way, but I uh, simply put, I got to take the team with the the better quarterback, and that is Shane Bouchelle. Um, I, I really like what this offense is doing, uh, regardless of of missing two of their best uh, weapons um, at running back and at wide out. So you know that is an interesting uh, interesting little tidbit to watch in this game. That being said. Uh, despite how good Cincinnati's defense is, I do think SMU will be able to put up points. It's the other side of the field that I'm a little bit more interested to watch. I'm interested to watch SMU's defense. They really struggled to, to get Tulane off the field last week. But then again, Cincinnati isn't really a uh, aired-out type of team that just will score at will. They are, they're a team that wants to run the ball, um, control the clock, and, and, and really use that to their advantage. And so I don't think SMU will ever be out of this game if they do get down. And I think uh, whenever you have a QB like Shane Bouchel and some of the weapons as well, at, at on that side of the ball, I love SMU in this spot. You, you also have gotten some great line movement. There's been a – public money has been much more – or not much more. It's slightly on the Cincinnati side, and uh, this, this line has moved in SMU's favor by a full three points. We'll be interested to see if uh, it, it corrects itself. I do think it will. But um, I'm going to go ahead and take SMU uh, to win this game over Cincy. All right. Well, you know what time it is. People at home, you know what time it is. It's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week where Pierce dials in on the top games, the money, where you can make the money, the moolah, the cash, whatever word you want to use. This is his easy peasy games of the week where he tells you what to gamble on. Not that we condone gambling at the Bragging Rights podcast, but if you were to gamble, here's where we think the money is this week. Interesting week, especially with uh, the picks that we uh, we just made. I, you know, looking at it, I, I thought I really liked this card, and I do. There are some that stand out. Uh, always a little bit nerve wracking when you take some heavy favorites, but that's exactly what I'm going to do this week. 
And, and I really like them, quite frankly. Love Ohio State minus 26. I would have uh, handicapped this closer to 31, 30-ish, uh, maybe, you know, as low as 28. 26 is a great number here. I think regardless of if this game is close in the first quarter, I, I think Justin Fields and company are, are looking – they're out for vengeance here, um, and this season they really want to uh, to dominate in, in only seven games that they get to play. So I think they'll make the most of it. I think they'll win this game uh, by 31 to 34 rather easily. Um, they'll pull away in the second half. Next big uh, spread I have is Alabama, minus 21 over Tennessee. Surprise, surprise, huh? Wouldn't be surprised to see Tennessee come out and maybe hang around for the first quarter. Uh, I, I don't think this Alabama defense is quite up to par with what they have had there in Tuscaloosa in the past. That being said, they are opportunistic. Um, and, and Tennessee doesn't have much on that side of the ball. They can run the ball a little bit, but you saw they struggle to push around uh, Georgia's defense defensive line. And I think they'll struggle a little bit to push around Alabama's line. I don't see Eric Gray being able to get too much uh, too much on the ground. Therefore, it's going to be up to uh, to their quarterback, and who is that going to be? I, I don't know. I, I've heard some rumblings inside Tennessee's program that some of the players have come out and voiced their opinion that they don't want Garantano to uh, start. So that's never a good sign. I don't like whoever they're going to start. Maybe, I guess it, could they start uh, Harrison Bailey? I mean, I, you could. I don't know if they will. I mean, uh, it is Harrison Bailey. I always yep. get him and Bailey Hawkman the transfer. He went over somewhere else. He was at FSU. I always get them a little mixed up being from the state of Georgia. <clears throat> that being said, love uh, love Alabama in this spot. They're going to easily beat Georgia. Put up 42, 40, 40 plus points on this Tennessee defense. Tennessee ought to put up fifty at least yeah. <laughs> um, if they wanted to. And being a rivalry game, they will be ready for this game. Um, and I don't think they got too banged up in in their uh, showdown with Georgia last week. Obviously, stomping on Georgia's throat. So, love Alabama minus the twenty one here against Tennessee. They win easy. And then, last but not least, I teased it a little bit earlier. My my upset of the week is Indiana over Penn State. I, I love uh, love this Indiana team. I think they are the dark horse in the in the Big Ten. Penn State has a good team, but they they lost both studs, both stars on either side, in Micah Parsons and Journey Brown, and that those were important pieces. They they are going to have a good line um, on both sides of the ball. They're going to have talent, but I think this Indiana team comes in motivated and ready to play, and uh, and and. They're looking for uh, for big things this year. And, and we didn't say this in our – just, it just hit me while you were speaking about that game. We didn't talk about it when we were previewing that game. But uh, potentially a little uh, look-ahead spot there for Penn State. You got Ohio State looming next week. Exactly. And, and you know, who, who knows? I know this team's been practicing uh, like every other team in the Big Ten getting ready. But, yeah, it'd be hard not to – I wouldn't be surprised – you couldn't even look ahead to the game against Ohio State. Had this been a normal year and they were playing you know, the second week of the season, they would have been able to uh, install some of the game plan for Ohio State you know, a couple weeks prior. And you, know, you can't do that against Indiana. If you do, I love Indiana's spot even more. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, there you go. That is where you we think you can win money this week. It's Pierce's easy peasies. Go, go, get, go get yourself some cash. Might as well get a little spending money. Uh, you know, we don't condone gambling here, but if you were, that's that's where we think you should get it. And and I think that's it, Pierce. I think that does it this week for our preview. Really short one. We we've had a lot of podcasting this week, so forgive us for being brief with our preview. 
Uh, hey, if you are not subscribed, go ahead and do so. We've got recaps, previews every single week. We still will have another conference to join the fold, the Pac-12 down the road. I think that's in uh, maybe two weeks. I think they're November 7th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so we will have an extra bonus pod for y'all as well. If you're not subscribed, you're going to miss out. So don't do that. We also have daily news podcasts. 2020 is weird. There's lots of news, lots of changes. So subscribe so that you can keep up to date and keep semi-knowledgeable with us on the happenings in college football this season. And if you are not following us on social media, we are becoming more and more active every single day on Instagram and Twitter at Bragging Pod across both platforms. That's bragging without the G, Bragging Pod. Really looking forward to a week full of football. Uh, and we're going to have, uh, you know, our mimosas with Madison as usual on Saturday morning. Start your game day with me. So go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I'll get Pierce live tweeting some games and some analysis. So that'll be really fun. We'd love to have you guys in on the action. And then finally, if you'd share this episode, share past episodes, we don't really care. Just share the show with friends and family. You got somebody who's sports obsessed, someone who likes college football. Let them know we exist. It helps us grow. It really encourages us. And we thank you in advance for that. It's time for us to sign off, but we've got one bold prediction. Short Pierce. Last week I told him one bold prediction and he wrote a dang paragraph. This well, is- you know what's funny? I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking and I just used my bold prediction on one of my easy peasies uh, in Indiana. So I got to well, choose another one off quick. the top of my dome. Yeah, yeah, you got to think quick. My bold prediction, Pierce, is FSU is going to build on the momentum that they got from last week. They beat Louisville on the road. Love it. I love it. My bold prediction... And I actually, now that I now that I'm thinking about this and let it, uh, you know, marinate in my brain, I love it. There will be a head coach fired after this weekend. Ooh, wow, wow! You want to tell us who you think? I don't know. I mean, I think uh, there are a number of teams that are have the potential to be beaten this this week. Cosmos on. You know what's funny? I ran through. He's an obvious one. Must champs an easy one. Now nah, Must champs gonna save his job. He already saved you his know job. I'm he's starting good. to think. Little Tommy Herman down in Austin, Ooh, Texas. If they lose they got to Baylor. Baylor this week, Ooh, see ya. This is true. Well, that'll be interesting to uh, check back on this bold prediction that he just made and see if that comes true. And uh, hopefully, I was mine pretty does. spot on with my Mac Jones comment last week. I, you I think know what that I didn't huge. realize? I'm going up to St. Louis to visit a friend this weekend. She's a Louisville grad. I, I mean, I didn't graduate from Florida State, but I went to Florida State. Big Knowles fan. That's going to be 11 a.m. We're not going to be friends. Nah, she won't care. Nah, she won't care. Go Knowles. All right, that's going to do it for the Bragging Rights Podcast. Until next week, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.